0: I don't know how it's friday but guess what guys it's friday it's as i like to call it friday couldn't be more excited who doesn't love the weekend i love the weekend it is super nice outside at least if you're in the midwestern area like where cincinnati's at in the tri-state i just can't get enough of it i was actually just outside before this podcast so maybe that's why i'm so amped up so i guess good timing right Welcome to another off-season edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Aman and Andrew Gill is kicking it with you to kick off this weekend as Mike Nislik gets his weekend started a little bit early. And uh, before we get into today's topic, which I don't want to give away uh, just yet, we have an interesting promotion we are running at Cleveland.com. If you go to StrictlyStripes.com, we have a page or I guess a post technically called why I'm a Bengals fan. So what you, the listener, the reader, however you call yourself, what you can do is to go to strictlystripes.com, click on that post, and you literally submit your name, who you are, where you're from, and why you became a Bengals fan. Because look, whether you watched Great Cook, Throw fifty years ago if you're old enough to remember that and what could have been, or if you saw Ken Anderson in the freezer bowl, or you saw a Boomer win MVP, or Carson through the good and bad years, or the Dalton Green era, or you didn't even start following the team until the Joe Burrow era. It doesn't matter. Everyone's got a story to tell. So go to strictlystripes.com and explain why you are a Bengals fan and. You just might get to be a part of this podcast if you have an interesting answer because we love to learn about people's backgrounds, so make sure you do that. So we talked a lot about Joe Burrow yesterday, at least I did with Dr. Lauren Steed, uh, who was generous enough to give me her time to talk about what makes Joe Burrow such an effective leader. If you missed that podcast, make sure you listen to that. Um, It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And I should also add that there's a special story coming out Monday Monday about why Joe Burrow is such an effective leader uh, so Andrew after that long introduction I want to kind of jump into what we're going to talk about today is you know me you and Mike have talked so much about what makes Burrow better or not as good as Patrick Mahomes and vice versa and we've mentioned his name a lot but I don't think we've mentioned it as much as we could have and that's uh, Bill's quarterback Josh Allen who you know is still sort of the top three, of, you know, in terms of the best quarterbacks in the AFC with Burrow and Mahomes, could say the NFL even, unless, you know, you want to include Jalen Hurts in there. So, you know, you kind of look at the different sides of Josh Allen, which we've talked about, and which we haven't talked about. And I guess maybe uh, a broad but simple question to sort of open this up is when you think about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, just looking at their 2022 20, season side by side, what makes them the most similar in your eyes?
1: Well, I mean, the most similar is, is they're both just really good. I mean, you compare some of the numbers. I mean, uh, Josh Allen threw for 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14 picks. Joe Burrow threw for uh, uh, 4,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 12 picks. They're, they're pretty similar numbers. Um, you know, yards per attempt for Burrow, 7.4. Yards per attempt for Allen, 7.6. Uh, adjusted net yards, uh, or just, excuse me, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, 7.7 7 for Allen. for burrow I, i i think that they're pretty similar um just in in kind of the way that the job gets done um you know i i don't think necessarily and we'll obviously get into their differences here but uh i don't i don't think that they're fairly similar quarterbacks in you know kind of how they go about the position i just think that they're both similar in the way that they're really good and you know there's there's more than one way to skin a cat and you know the you know when you look at you know, some different quarterbacks are on the league, you know, you look at a guy like a Lamar Jackson, and then you compare a guy like Joe Burrow, and then you compare a guy like Justin Herbert and, you know, Josh Allen, like they all have a few different qualities. And, you know, they're all still really good. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, one of the similarities is that, you know, they're, they can
0: both get the job done in in their own kind of respective ways. I think if you kind of talk about one respective way that joins them together, I think, and this sounds kind of funny, but it's true. Like they're both really big. I mean, Burrow's six four. Allen is six five. Granted, Allen's a little bit uh, bigger in the sense of like he's six five. I think he's about two thirty. Burrow's kind of more towards the two fifteen, two twenty side. But they're both really big, which kind of allows them to scan the field better with that advantage. Uh, It allows them to be as fluid as they are, both with their legs and their arms. And I want to kind of talk about their legs later in the show because there's – that by itself is, I think, a very fascinating discussion. I think what's very similar to me, though, as far as like being fluid with their throws is I think about that throw Joe Burrow made to Jamar Chase in the AFC Championship, fourth quarter. It's fourth and six. You're taking a huge gamble down by seven, and you throw to Jamar in double coverage, and he brings it down, and then you score a touchdown on that drive. There were so many times where it almost felt like Josh Allen made those same throws. Like, I don't know how this maybe compares to Mahomes or like a Herbert, like a Justin Herbert, like you said. But I really do believe those are two guys who can just nail, you know, passes and cover two in double coverage. And it's not just with Jamar Chase. Like, you know, Burrow can do it with T. Higgins. He's even done it occasionally with Tyler Boyd. And obviously, I think with Allen, I mean, most of the time it was obviously with Stephon Diggs. And a good part of it also was with uh, Gabe Davis. I think maybe there could have been better production from Davis that maybe Davis didn't have. But, I mean, when he was productive, I think you saw a lot of that in double coverage. I mean, like, if you're looking at both of those guys, like, throwing the ball up in the air in, like, tough situations like that, like, who do you, who do you like better? Like, is it kind of hard to say or do you feel like it's just really similar?
1: Between, between which? Burrow two guys? and Allen. It, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confused as the premise. What, what do you mean?
0: Like if you're, you know, you, you want to have a quarterback who can throw the ball up, like in a tight situation where, like, your receivers doubled up, like Jamar Chase is doubled up, Stephon Diggs is doubled up. Like, who do you trust more in that situation to get the job done? Would you say it's Burrow or Allen?
1: Um, neither, and also both of them. Um, I think that if it's <laughs> if it's closer to Safe the line bet. of scrimmage, I trust Burrow. Uh, you know, I think I I would trust Burrow a little bit more on on touch passes on passes that. You know, you can, um, you know, the the best throw I saw Burrow make all year, in my opinion, was actually a throw that was technically an incomplete pass. Uh, It was that throw he made to Jamar Chase. In the, in the back, back of the end zone in Buffalo. Yeah, in Buffalo. Yeah. One of the, there was a Bengals staff member who was in the press box who screamed. I think, you know, and the, the rules for the press box are that you have to be quiet and you have to be professional. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, one of the, you know, one of the Bengals uh, football guys, uh, football operations staff guys, he, uh, he got a little overexcited and he, and he just kind of blurted it out. Uh, I mean, it was one of the better throws you could possibly imagine in that situation. So I think of a throw like that, you know, in those type of situations, I, uh, I lean burrow. If you got to throw the ball down the field, you, you take Allen. Like if, if your job is saying, all right, you know, your, your number one receiver is running a nine route. Your number one receiver is going deep down the field. Uh, you know, and, and you need, you need a guy to throw it over the top of the corner and across from a streaking safety. I'm taking Josh Allen and and I don't think that's any slight against Burrow. And I don't think that's any slight against Josh Allen to say that I'd rather Burrow in kind of those short yarded situations. I just think, you know, kind of how, like I said, how they approach the position is so different and so unique that uh, Allen, I mean, Allen's arm is a bazooka and and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna dispute that right you know nobody's gonna say that Joe Burrow has a better arm than Josh Allen you know a stronger arm than Josh Allen I mean like no it's that's just objective fact to say Josh Allen can throw it a mile and uh so yeah I mean if if I had to kind of pick between a guy who you know you have to you have to win with shorter routes I'm taking Burrow but if I want to win on a big play I'm, I'm taking Allen.
0: So if you actually want to get specific as far as like, you know, throwing the ball deep or, you know, throwing it 20 plus yards, like I kind of looked at PFF to see, you know, where does Burrow compare to Allen? So last year, and this is post-season and regular season combined, Burrow had 10 interceptions and only two picks when throwing the ball 20 plus yards or, you know, making a completion 20 plus yards downfield. And he had like a 96 grade on PFF. Like he was... I mean, I know Allen is a bazooka, but Burrow was pretty close. Allen was pretty good too, though. He was a little bit more of a gunslinger, though, because he had 12 touchdowns, but he also had seven picks. Uh, he had like a 93 grade. As far as like how frequently they throw downfield, it wasn't much different. So 16% of Allen's throws were all the way downfield. With Burrow, it was about 9-10%. So you know, well, what do you mean? What there, there, do you a mean of,
1: all the way downfield? Like, what, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like a, 20
0: plus yards, I should say, 20, 20, like 20 okay, plus okay. yards or all the way downfield. Uh, I meant to add the adjective there. So, I guess if you're in a situation where you are throwing it downfield or you're throwing it pretty far, like, they're pretty spot on. Like, the numbers don't lie, the film doesn't lie. And I guess maybe the reason why I feel like that's a fair question to ask is because, you know, you're looking at two of the best receivers in the game. You got Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase, who. Whether one is better than the other, that's a whole nother podcast we could have, but they're both good enough where I think it allows you to make the case of like, okay, so can you say Allen is better than Burrow throwing 20 plus yards downfield? And I think I like your answer because like, I think it's, it's not just a safe bet. I mean, it makes sense. Like their, their numbers, like I said, are very similar. Um, and they've proven in those situations, they can win on, you know, the home run balls or, you know, contested catches and contested throws. But here's a more interesting question to look at. When it comes to the p- the play action, you know, rolling left, rolling right, you know, doing whatever in play action, statistically, I think Josh Allen is the better quarterback. Like, his PFF grades are better in play action. He had almost twice as many passing yards and more than twice as many touchdowns as Burrow had in play action. But would you say that's more just based on, like, the Bills' play calling, or do you think... Allen just naturally thrives when he's rolling left and he's rolling right. And he's just trying to keep the play alive. Like, how do you kind of sort of look at that?
1: Well, I mean, Josh Allen's a really good scrambler. I mean, just kind of when you compare their body type, like Josh Allen's like six foot five, 240 pounds, something like that, give or take, you know, Joe Burrow is a little bit shorter. Uh, He's like 20 pounds lighter. Um, You know, Josh Allen, he's just, he's a different type of runner because he's so big that, you know, it's, it's like a freight train coming through, you know, it's just when, when he gets ahead of speed, Um, and when you have that, it, it causes problems on defense because you don't really know how to react because it's one thing if, if a guy's that big and he's, and he just never runs, uh, but Josh Allen is afraid or is not afraid to run. So, you know, when Allen's rolling out left and right, I think, um, you know, it's when you, uh, when you pair that with the fact that he's a threat to run at that size with the arm that he has, I mean, rolling out left to right, I mean, for him. I mean, I've seen him roll out to his left, throw it across his body 50, 60 yards on the field. I mean, he'll do things with the football that, that not many people on this earth can do.
0: Well, I think, you know, you kind of mentioned freight train. I like the adjective that Lou Anarumo uses. I think he used this before the Monday night game last year, and that was he runs like a gazelle. And it's almost like I'm serious. Like once he takes off, you can't tell if it's like a quarterback, like his size running or if at that point you're tackling a tight end, like if you're Logan Wilson, you're Jermaine Pratt, or at, at that point, depending on how far downfield is, if you're like, you know, I guess in this case now it'd be like a Jordan battle or a Nick Scott and a Dax Hill. Like you're tackling a tight end at that point. You're not tackling just any other scrambler, or any other, you know, guy who can move. You are, you're tackling a Gazelle. Like if you see a Gazelle running in the wild, like you better run after that thing. Cause that's what you're doing when you see Josh Allen running on the field. Um, but, you know, I think another interesting thing I was kind of thinking about um, as far as like this goes hand in hand with the play action aspect I mentioned. So obviously Allen had double the stats Burrow had in and play action and grades wise, even if he, he ran more play action plays grades wise, he still did better than Burrow, not by a long shot, but, by far enough this to say, okay, he's the better play-action guy. But does that tell you that he's a better quarterback under pressure? Or do you think that even if Burrow's not running those play-action sets like the Bills ran last year, do you still think you can make an argument that like Burrow and Allen are pretty parallel when it comes to how they avoid pressure? Or where do you sort of lean when it comes to that discussion? Well, In terms of avoiding pressure, you're saying? Like with yeah. those two?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I... Yeah, I, um, I think that they, I mean, again, I think that they both do it effectively just in different ways. I think, you know, Allen, you know, kind of has the, uh, you know, Allen's not afraid to to get out of the pocket and kind of move around and, um, you know, and run for extra yards. And that's obviously a threat that defenses have to be aware of. And, uh, you know, Burrow, I mean, we, we've seen a, a couple of plays throughout the year. I think there was a couple of plays against the Steelers game uh, week one. I mean, um, you know where he he can run around. He'll he'll do different things. He, he's elusive, uh, in a way that Allen is not. Um, you know Burrow can you know get out of pressure and and kind of stay within the pocket and you know do those type of things where where Allen you know if he senses pressure he, he can go and he can move out of the pocket. So, um, in, in terms of you know kind of dodging the rush and, and things like that, I think you know Allen is just he's so unique. He's, he's a unicorn in that regard because, you know, there's not many guys that are his size that move like him. Um, and he uses that to his ability. And I think that, uh, you know, that's, I mean, that's obviously a credit to Josh Allen and kind of what he can do.
0: How much of a credit do you think goes to his offensive line and how much of a discredit do you think goes to Joe Burrow's offensive line last year when the pressure was getting to him? I don't know. Um,
1: I think I, you know, that's just a hard question to answer because some, you know, offensive lines are, you know, th- they're unique in the way that, uh, you know, not all offensive lines are, um, or excuse me, not all sacks are on the offensive line and and right. know, somewhere on the quarter. So it's just, I don't know. I, I think that that's kind of hard to say without, you know, you know, having like a, a a full film discussion.
0: You know, I think if you're looking at the first half of the season. I would put it more on the offensive line because, you know, and I'm not saying it's like on them directly, but I'd say it's more on the way things were sort of clunky. You know, we talked about how they didn't have a preseason together and Burrow wasn't a part of that either because of his appendectomy. So I think it's not on them. It's just how they weren't clicking. Now, if we're talking like after the bye week, I would say you could, and even though Burrow took less sacks at that point because the offensive line got better, I think it's also because you could say he got better with avoiding sacks. Like he was saying earlier this week that one of the best things he learned about himself last year was like, you know, learning how to not take sacks. Of course, the year they made the Super Bowl, not all of them were on him. Most of them were on the offensive linemen that aren't even on the team anymore because of how bad they were. But now he could say, "What well, at the same time, I probably took some sacks I shouldn't have. I think you saw a lot of that in the first half last year. He really adjusted to that in the second half of the season. Um, and of course, unfortunately it kind of caught up to him towards the end of the year when Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams all got hurt. But, uh, at the same time, I, I mean, he took fewer sacks. Uh, so he really did kind of learn his lessons there. And, and I think that's, what's so interesting about next year is now that he has Orlando Brown and Alex Kappa is going to be healthy. And whether you have Lyle Collins or Jonah Williams at right tackle, like you've got depth at right tackle that you, you know, didn't have two years ago. Um, so I think. You know, like, like, do you think at this point, like Burrow is going to take the fewest sacks he's had in his career just based on having those guys and just based on what he said about learning not to take certain sacks?
1: Um, You know, I think that's a fair point to make, Um, you know, year one, he obviously was injured, um, you know, 10 games in, uh, but in the 2021 season, he got sacked 51 times. Uh, got sacked Seven, 70, time. if you
0: include the playoffs,
1: 70, right. And, um, well, in the, I mean, in the regular season, you know, that's 51, still a ridiculous number, obviously 70 is insane too, you know, that everybody remembers that Titans game in the divisional round, but, uh, you know, 51 sacks in 21, 41 in 22. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say that he's, uh, you know, that he's going to be brought down less, I think. There's a, you know, his sack rate was significantly lower this year than it was in uh, 2021. Um, You know, he he attempted like 80 more passes or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was sacked 10 less times. So the offensive line did get better. um, And I think it's, but it's more than just the offensive line because, uh, you know, all sacks are not created equal. And a sack on third and 10 at midfield, you know, when you 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 know you lose four yards, a sack on third and ten is is not bad. You know, if 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 the uh, if the end game is okay, well, we were going to punt anyway. Uh, a sack on first and ten, when you can get rid of the ball and kind of save the save the drive a little bit, that's different. So, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. I would I would assume yes, um, but I think you know Burroughs kind of talked about this as well, where. You know, I think he mentioned it actually this week when we talked to him. You know, there's there's just a way to kind of understand the game a little bit and kind of know when to get rid of the ball and know when it's okay to eat it and take a sack and and know when you know you have to try and make something happen. So um, I say yes, but uh, we'll uh, we'll have to see. I just think that you know, if if he if you can look at his stat line and say he took four sacks today, wow, those are crazy. You know, but on one of those plays you know, I don't know, Alex Kappa gets beat. And then the other three are coverage sacks where the offensive line did a great job
0: and Joe Burrow,
1: you know, he just couldn't find anyone open.
0: Yeah, I think the verdict will be out on that in just a couple more months. Cause I mean, we're already more than halfway through the month of May, but when we come back, we're going to keep looking forward to the 2023 season, talk about more attributes that uh, compare and contrast Burrow and Allen and who we think is going to come out on top next year as, bar, as far as being an MVP favorite. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys to sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter. Uh, it's very easy. It's free. It's in your inbox every morning. You get the best reporting from me, Mike, and Andrew. Make sure you go to cleveland.com slash newsletters. And when you sign up, click on the Strictly Stripes newsletter. Again, it's free. And it's in your inbox every morning. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And I should also add, oh, I almost forgot. We are going to have... A special interview with Bengals rookie receiver Charlie Jones. I almost forgot to mention that Andrew. Shame on me. We're going to have that conversation with Charlie Jones when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And welcome back into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm joined by Bengals rookie wide receiver Charlie Jones, who was drafted just a few weeks ago in the fourth round. Charlie, welcome to Cincinnati. I guess you've already been here for a couple days now. <laughs> Chuck oh so they call you Chuck now. Chuck Chuck Jones, so So Chuck, you're in. Uh, been in Cincinnati for a few days now. You practice with Joe Burrow. You're practicing with your fellow teammates. Obviously, the camaraderie's there. I mean, how do you kind of describe the way things have been so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome coming in. You know, I got a lot of good vets in the room. Um, a lot of people that I'm gonna learn from. Um, so I just been, you know, every day trying to trying to learn more and more each day, and then carry it out to the field. Um, so it's great atmosphere, great great culture on this team, and I'm really excited to be here you know, one thing Joe Burrow said a few minutes ago was that with, you know, the rookie route running that he's seen from you
0: and other guys, like there's no broken routes. Everything's looking really smooth. I mean, to have, you know, that kind of a first impression from your quarterback, you know, doing as well as you've been doing, what does that mean just, you know, in your first week?
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's obviously the goal come out here and, and, uh, you know, um, you don't want to miss a step. So, um, just, just know what you're doing out there and do it fast and, and give a lot of energy and, um, you know, just, just at the end of the day, just play football.
0: Have you kind of set any, like, specific goals for yourself, whether it be just, you know, in terms of what you want to
2: do on the field,
0: off the field? Like, you know, how do you kind of set goals coming in as a rookie, like, you know, playing wide receiver?
2: Yeah, just, I mean, it's really, like, come, comes down to how you, how you work every day. just want to learn as much as I possibly can. Um, put myself in good positions, and help out the team wherever they need me. Having two elite receivers like these guys next to you, you know, what do you kind of learn from, from
0: guys like that? And you know, How has that really just been so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. Um, just get to watch them on tape, see how they do things, um, learn a lot in the meeting room, um, and just kind of take things that people do really well and, and try to um, add them to my toolbox and, and put my own spin on it and, and ultimately just help me. I'm um, becoming a better route runner and all-around receiver.
0: I don't know if you were asked this last week or whenever you were drafted, but like, how much did you kind of watch the Bengals just on Sundays? Like, if you watch football on Sundays, how much did you kind of watch their offense on Sundays?
2: Yeah, I mean, I watch I watch them a lot, um, just as you know, a, a casual fan, um, someone who who enjoys watching people who are playing at the highest level. Executing really well, um, and the Bengals are definitely one of those teams. Um, So, even before I was here, I've been watching this receiver room um, and this offense for a
0: while. That year, they made the Super Bowl two years ago. What were kind of your impressions from that? Like, what stood out to you from
2: that offense? I thought they were just clicking on all cylinders. Um, Looked like they were enjoying themselves out there and and competing really, really hard and at the highest level. So, um, you know, it was cool to see.
0: What's it been like Working with Troy Walters Your new wide receiver coach What has he kind of taught you Just you know In the short time You've been here already
2: Yeah a lot Um, Before I got out here We had a lot of Install meetings So obviously I had to to learn a lot um, A lot of different plays Kind of Kind of forget about the things um uh you know at 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 Purdue and and try to learn a whole new offense so he's been he's been really really good with that and and been really detailed with the rookies which has been awesome I
0: I know you talked about this already but like playing in that pro style offense with Jeff Brom um you talked a little bit about how it's going to help you but how have you kind of seen maybe similarities with that offense and what you might expect from this offense you know with Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously it's a little bit different, but I think um, coming from an offense like we ran in uh, Purdue, um, there's a lot of similar carryovers. um, So I think that that set me up for a little bit of success.
0: My last question, Charlie, kind of an off-the-field thing. What do you like most about Cincinnati already just as a city?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I've only been out here a few days, but I'm really liking the city. The people around here are really friendly. Um, I haven't really, you know, been out to too many different restaurants or anything, but you know the ones I have been to have been really good, which is which is always a plus. Um, so I'm I'm definitely enjoying my time out here so far.
0: No shortage of good restaurants around here. I can tell you that. That's Charlie Jones, Bengals fourth round draft pick, rookie wide receiver. Charlie, appreciate your time, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Uh, so we talked about uh, everything that made Josh Allen and Joe Burrow very similar but very different last year. We heard from Charlie Jones talking about being with Joe Burrow now, so we'll see what kind of an impact he has next year, depending on you know the role the Bengals put him in as a rookie. Uh, but before we get into uh, the other side of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow's comparisons we haven't talked about, make sure you sign up for... Our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext Service. We've been texting fans all week before we have even put anything out on the web, on Twitter, pen to paper, you name it. We text our subscribers the best insights, opinion, and analysis they need to know before it hits any other uh, form of outlet. Or I guess any form of distribution where we put information out there. So, Andrew, we've been texting uh, folks all week. We've had a lot of great discussions about, you know, Joe Burrow's contract negotiations. I mean, what do you like about texting on subtext? Like, what? why do you like to engage with our subscribers and why is it fun for people to sign up?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's always good to kind of hear... Kind of what people have to say i mean you know we don't i i've always kind of viewed this as is you know we don't write for ourselves we write for for bengals fans and and what you want to know or maybe you know one of my favorite things is when somebody says you know i didn't know i needed to know this or i didn't know i i would care about this so much or something like that so you know i love kind of interacting with them hearing what they have to say and you know i mean if you i mean if you subscribe you're you get to you get to, i you know i say this all the time you get to cut the line on Twitter, basically. You know, you get all of your Bengals content kind of in one place. You get to hear from Mike, Muhammad, and I. You know, we'll tell you what's going on with the Bengals. We'll give you news. We'll give you updates. Uh, We'll, I mean, we'll have fun on there. We'll give you opinions. We'll give you analysis. We'll give you kind of everything. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just think it's a a really fun place to kind of join and, you know, kind of aggregate your Bengals content into one area.
0: Join the Cool Kids Club by going to cleveland.com slash bangles and click on that blue banner at the top of the page so we talked a lot about i like how you describe josh allen as like a freight train i called him a gazelle and he's got a bazooka of an arm and i want to sort of pick back up with that point you look at the rushing numbers and it's very obvious uh, adrian i don't know if you know this but i was looking at the pff grades because i'm a very big pff guy i've love PFF honestly ever since I joined this job because I'm really into those kinds of numbers and the stats did you know that if you take wide receivers quarterbacks and yes running backs and you aggregate the best rushing grades in the NFL Josh Allen had the best one better than Nick Chubb better than Derrick Henry he had the best rushing grade on PFF like do you believe that when I say that
1: well, I mean, I believe it's true. I don't necessarily believe that it is. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that it's accurate. <laughs> well, like sure, that, I don't, sure. Yeah, I don't the think accuracy it's, I don't think it's, is different. Like, I, it, I'm, I'm sure that it's right. Like, I'm sure that you're you're quoting the statistic correctly. I, I just, uh, I again, I just, I just don't think that. Um, I just don't think that that's necessarily the best way to look at it because you know, quarterback rushes are so much different than running back. You know, running back carries.
0: Oh, of course. Oh, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. I am by no means saying that Josh Allen could line up in Derrick Henry's spot, but it it proves the point that like the guy could move. Yes, there's wiggle room to debate how solid those numbers are. I'm totally with you, but he could move. I mean, he, he ran better than any quarterback last year, better than Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was in the top 10. Don't get me wrong, but like he still ran better than Mahomes. I mean, there's a huge gap between him and Burrow because, what, Allen's grade was a 92 uh, as a rusher, and then Burrow's was like a 78, which isn't bad either, especially if you're a quarterback, right? But Burrow's like, you know, 49th uh, in rushing on PFF. So there's a very wide gap between the two. At least when you look at it on paper, there's a very wide gap. I mean, Allen had twice the rushing yards, had two more touchdowns than Burrow on the ground. But here's the thing, though. Yes, yes a lot of this goes back to Allen being built differently it goes back to just maybe the schemes that they run where there's more play actions and because there's more play actions it gives him more opportunities to roll right and roll left and scramble for the first down but there's something i really think about with Burrow which is that ever since his rookie year like ever since he got hurt he's never been like the actual rusher he was in college like if you look at his LSU film and his rookie year film before he tore his acl like He's gotten better since then, like since he rehabbed his knee and he rehabbed his injury. But he even kind of admitted like, yeah, I could be a lot better. Like I'm, you know, he kind of said something along the lines of like, I'm getting to that 100% of my old self with running with my legs. Like I'm by no means saying that Burrow's going to outmatch or outduel Allen as a rusher next year. But do you think he can close the gap far enough with Josh Allen as a runner?
1: No. No. Um, You know, yeah. I, I mean, Josh Allen, I, like, you know, one of the reasons that I said what I said about the running backs and, and kind of the PFF grades and stuff, you know, in terms of yards per carry, uh, the top four leaders in the league this year were all quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. Uh, then you get to a running back in Khalil Herbert, you know, so I, I you know, it's it's just you're you're able to run with more space as a quarterback. And I just don't think that that's Burrow's game. Um, you know, and and nor should it be, I think, you know, the, the less kind of quarterback hits, you can, you can get on Burrow, the better, um, you know, you, you don't want him to, to take many hits. Um, and, you know, I think we've seen, we've seen him kind of do a lot of different things that are unique in terms of how he can move. But again, like, I think back to the, the play in the AFC divisional round, Um, you know, where, uh, you know, it it was like the end of the half. I think they're trying to get close to midfield for either field goal attempt or kind of a hail Mary. And, uh, you know, we had a nice scramble. I think he probably gained like 20 yards. I don't remember the exact details, but, you know, had a nice gain, got out of bounds. Um, and you know, he, or maybe he did, I don't remember, but it was a nice run towards midfield. And, you know, that's going to be where Burrow runs the ball. I mean he he had 257 yards in uh, in 2022 um you know 3.4 yards per attempt that's that's not a lot um you know and especially when you compare that to a guy like uh you know you compare that to a guy like Josh Allen who's averaging 6.1 yards per carry that's I that's just that's too much
0: you know I think like you said he's not going to match that like like Burrow's not going to match that but you know just based on the offensive line and just based on You know, uh, a lot of the things that we mentioned with, you know, can he get better? Is he going to keep getting back to that 100% shape? Like he can definitely, he, I think he will build on his numbers from last year. Like, I think he'll run the ball more when he's able to, he'll get more yards. He might even score more touchdowns. But like you said, I mean, it gets to a point where it's not a knock on Burrow, but like Burrow can't grow another inch. And I mean, he could gain a few more pounds, but like, he doesn't need to, because you know, with how felt and built, he's looking like, I don't really think that that's a thing where it's like, oh, he needs to get bigger and bulk up like Josh Allen. Like, no, I think they're just physically different. Like, and I think at that point you can't completely mirror the other, like one can't completely mirror the other. And I kind of had to realize that as I sort of like watched our film a little bit, you know, just during the off season, the last couple of weeks, but, you know, speaking of kind of the, the physical makeup and the build up, I wanted your kind of take on this. I think you mentioned this, uh, towards the end of the year, when we were doing our wrap-up podcast in Buffalo, obviously Josh Allen played the second half of the season with uh, a partially torn UCL and you know some injuries there with uh, his ligament, and obviously it impacted him. Um, it impacted his mechanics. He had a brace on his arm, you know, so that he could get through the season with the hope of not significantly injuring it more. I mean, I think what's impressive is his numbers weren't far off from Burrow's. Like he only threw. 200 fewer yards. They had the same amount of touchdown passes in the regular season, like 35 touchdowns each. Allen only had two more picks. If he did not hurt his arm, like if he never had that UCL injury, do you believe Josh Allen would have been leaps and bounds ahead of both Joe Burrow and I guess maybe in this case, Patrick Mahomes? If Josh Allen didn't get hurt this year? Like if he didn't he didn't hurt that arm. Like do you think he would have been like a runaway MVP at that point?
1: No. Um because runaway is such a hard thing to kind of quantify. Um, You know, I, I like Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable. Um, You know, he led the chiefs to a 14 and three record. Uh, You know, he, he threw for like 5,300 yards and 41 touchdowns and like 10 picks like that. Those are numbers that are, that are just objectively way better than, you know, what Josh Allen did and what Joe Burrow did. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, you know, those two guys are great, but Patrick Mahomes is just on another planet. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think there is kind of that argument to be made of, you know, okay, well, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but you know, what happens if they go 11 and six one year and the bills go 14 and three, like, is that, is that grounds to give Josh Allen? I don't know, but, yeah, I just, I, you know, if he's healthy, I I am curious to see kind of what he looks like this year, because I do think, you know, you saw him at the beginning of the year, the Bills were, I mean, they were a war machine. Um, you know, they beat the snot out of the Rams, which didn't look that impressive, um, at, you know, as the year went on. But, you know, then they, they beat the Titans, uh, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Steelers really good. They beat Kansas City on the road. Like, they were they were really really good early, and then they kind of faltered a little bit. You know, I know they had a big winning streak at the end of the year, but you know, I, I, I am curious what that looks like. If uh, you know, I remember they beat the Bears only by a few points. Uh, they beat the Lions, or no, excuse me, they beat the Lions by a few points. They beat the snot out of the Bears. Uh, I just I wonder what their outlook looks like if if Allen is fully healthy.
0: Yeah, I think that would make for – it's a good question. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, runaway is probably not the right word. Like, I'm not saying he was going to go full-on Lamar Jackson 2019 mode and, like, unanimously unanimously win it. But, I mean, even though he got, like, a runner-up vote, I think one vote could have turned into a couple. I think Mahomes would have still won it, but I still think – I just think Allen would have had a better chance. I honestly think he might have had a better chance than Burrow. Because like it doesn't change what Burrow did, but like if that arm is what we saw those first nine weeks when they had like a five and one or six and one start or whatever, oh yeah, I mean, we're having a different conversation, you know, in our post game podcasts, like at the end of the year last year, no doubt. I and I think that's where you kind of have to give him some credit there, without of course taking anything away from Joe Burrow. But uh kind of two things I want to wrap up with. Um obviously <laughs> Very similar, but different situations for Allen and Burrow with their receiving weapons. Allen loses Isaiah McKenzie, but he keeps his other receivers and Dawson knocks at tight end. It's the opposite for Burrow. He keeps all of his wide receiver targets, but loses a tight end. Hayden Hurst gets Irv Smith Jr. instead. Um, and then, of course, I guess you should mention that the Bills also get Dalton Kincaid and the Bengals at Charlie Jones for a little bit of depth behind, I would presume, Tyler Boyd. Does it really make a difference for either of those guys as far as, like, who has the upper hand? I mean, obviously, Burrow, you could say, has the best receiving trio in the league. And with Allen, I know McKenzie was their number three receiver, so it's not that big of a loss. But they still get Gabe Davis back. They still draft Dalton Kincaid. Like, what do you think as far as, like, the personnel that those guys are throwing to next year?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, um, you know... Cincinnati's is way better. I I am curious. I don't, I'm not saying that there's going to be a drop off. I'm just curious as as to what it looks like if uh, you know, if the Bengals have, you know, Tyler Boyd leave after the season uh, you know, they would hope obviously Charlie Jones uh, who was on this podcast. uh, They would hope that he kind of takes a step forward into that slot role and kind of mitigates that loss. But you know, again, you're going to have to start paying guys. So I'm curious what it's going to look like, Uh, but it's still for 2023. It's objectively way better Um, You know, the Bills were kind of desperate for that, that number two option. Um, You know, you have Stefan Diggs, you know, he had, uh, you know, 150 plus targets this year. Then Gabe Davis, you have Dawson Knox. I mean, those guys are fine. Uh, And it sounds like what you want to do with uh, with Kincaid is what they're going to, you know, they're going to put him in the slot. They're going to put him as an inline tight end. They're not really that worried about kind of where he stands individually as a positional guy. I think it, what it, you know, if you kind of read the read between the lines and frankly read what they're saying outright, you know, they, they want to use him in a couple different ways. So they're really looking for that third option, you know, and also, Frank, you know, underneath options too to try and get him uh, try and get him some help. But, you know, for 2023, it's objectively Burrow. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you would be lying if you said if it, uh, it's not a huge benefit to him.
0: You know, speaking of Isaiah McKenzie, obviously the big buzz around him and <laughs> just uh, Jamar Chase is, you know, he he talked yesterday and said that, that there were reports that he said that, you know, had they played the Bengals in a dome, under a dome versus, you know, the snowy conditions in Buffalo that they would have won that game. And then Jamar Chase is clapping back on him on Twitter saying, oh, that was my first time in the snow. We won the game. Like, you know, like kind of paraphrasing what he said, which I thought was funny. I mean, I think that's interesting. I I don't know. It's kind of like telling on yourself. Like, so you're saying even though you guys naturally play in the snow, that you can't even win in your own, like, natural environment. Obviously, the snow is not fun for anybody, but it's like, this is normal for you guys. Like I mean, like how do you kind of unpack that? I thought that was just hilarious when you said that.
1: Yeah, I, you know I, I wrote about this kind of today in in our morning Bengals morning briefing that I do every day. I think one of the things that really stood out to me about that game it, it wasn't even kind of the the passing attack. I think the Bengals kind of controlled the line of scrimmage on on both fronts. You know, they ran the ball, thought as well as they did all year long. Um, you know, they 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 pass blocked for Joe Burrow really well. Uh, they they made Josh Allen's life more difficult. They got after him. Um, you know, they forced some throws, they brought him down a couple of times. I don't know. I just think that you know, it was a it was a it was a like he Isaiah McKenzie wasn't wrong to say that you know, the Bengals might have been built for the snow a little bit better because Josh Allen, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wrote about this today. I think he had nine passes uh, of 20 yards or more in that game. And Joe Burrow had four, uh, J- Josh Allen is just the type of quarterback that likes to air it out. You know, like we talked about on the pod earlier, but you know, when you have a guy who, who likes to go deep and do those things in, in, in inclement weather, that's always going to be more difficult as opposed to when you have a guy like Joe Burrow who can, you know, kind of dink and dunk underneath and kind of make some throws happen, uh, in the short to intermediate range. So I think, uh, you know, McKenzie's not wrong, but you know, the important context of of, you know, to get the whole picture of that is the Bengals were the way better team in that game just because I thought they executed way better and uh, you know, they, they controlled the line of scrimmage and, and I mean both teams have to kind of fight through that. And the Bengals offensive and defensive lines really, in my opinion, won them that
0: game. And I mean we talked about this too. Like I'll I'll give Isaiah this. I mean, that team was just emotionally exhausted. I mean, you know, having dealt with You know, Demar Hamlin's near death experience just a few weeks earlier. I mean, that was taxing, and I can only imagine what that did to them. Like, I think it was Roger Stafford that kind of said, Yeah, like, we were just tired. I mean, they were tired. Josh Allen's arm wasn't 100%. Like, and yeah, you could say the weather didn't help, obviously, although I think they're obviously used to it. Like, it didn't help with all of that in mind, I think. And that's a fair point to make. But like you said, (laughs) the Bengals were just a better team. Like, you just look at the scoreboard. You know, they won by, you know, two plus touchdown, 17 point wins. So, uh, you know, at least he was being honest, like, like, okay, we weren't the better team, but we could have maybe done X, Y, or Z better. So I don't know. I think that was just, it was funny. And then, you know, I just love seeing players clap back at each other on Twitter. I almost live on Twitter. So like, this is natural for me, but uh, to put a bow on all of this, Andrew, um, I know the season is way too early to predict right now uh, what I'm about to ask, but uh, you look at the MGM NFL odds. Uh, Burrow is actually tied with Mahomes as the favorite to win it at plus 650. And I should say all the other uh, odds makers like DraftKings have Mahomes as the favorite ahead of Burrow. But in this case, it's Burrow tied at plus 650. And then Allen is right behind them at plus 750. Um, it was the opposite last year. I think Allen was the preseason favorite. I don't remember the odds off top of my head. But, um, of course... This is way too early. I mean, we're not even two months from training camp at this point. Do you like where that is right now? Like, do you feel like that kind of suits everything we just talked about today?
1: Yeah, I mean, those three are probably the best. Um, You know, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, I I would kind of, I I would feel comfortable with those guys being the top three, um, you know, because like we talked about during the year, uh, there are three qualifications to winning MVP. Essentially, you have to beat one, you have to be a quarterback. Uh, two, you have to be on a good team. Um, And, uh, you know, those guys are obviously good quarterbacks that are going to be on good teams. And, um, you know, I think that it's fair to call those guys the favorite. Uh, I mean, personally, like if I were to tell you what to bet, I would tell you to bet Mahomes just because it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, You know, but if you're looking for long shots, I I I don't know if if Burrow or Allen, is is actually probably the smartest betting play and we'll talk about that as the offseason goes along but um in terms of the top 3 those are uh, I think those are your best uh, best choices
0: and we're going to talk a lot more uh about the lay of the land in the offseason with where the Bengals rank amongst you know Super Bowl contenders and where Burrow fits in that picture, where the offense and the defense and other big names fit in that picture. And we're going to keep having more of these awesome interviews we've had, like with Charlie Jones. We had Khaled this week. We also had Chase Brown. So if you want more of those interviews, keep following along with us right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. But once again, for myself and Andrew, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Go out, soak some sun.